What's going on, No Poison Nation? Hunt and I are psyched for tonight's show. We have Noelle Carbonine joining us, who's a functional nutritionist and a holistic health coach. Noelle is also the owner of Noelle Marie Health and the co-founder of The Mom's Playbook. Pete, you know Noelle. I've been researching her. She knows her shit. <laughs> she is a nutritional ninja. She is a nutritional ninja. <laughs> Love it. I'm super excited to learn some things from her. We're going to get into nutrition, obviously. We're going to talk about stress management. We'll talk about sleep hygiene. And I'm really excited to just learn a couple things from her and really live that no poison lifestyle. That's it. Yo, we're going to learn today. We're definitely going to learn today. <laughs> so everybody hang tight. The interview starts right now. Noelle, it's great to finally meet you and have you on our show. It's so nice to be here. Thank welcome, you for having welcome, me. Welcome, welcome. What's up, Noelle? <laughs> the, the ninja is arrived. <laughs> <laughs> so, Noelle, let's jump right in. So, what is a functional nutritionist? And how is it different than like a regular nutritionist? So, functional nutrition is different than a regular nutritionist because you're focusing on the whole person. So, everything you're doing from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, your health history, your family... Literally everything is taken into consideration. So not just the food you eat, it's more of the whole lifestyle shift. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And exactly. that's that's really what No Poison's all about. So Awesome. You're a perfect guest. <laughs> <laughs> Our first main pillar, health and nutrition. Yes. Uh, so Noah, what was your career before functional nutrition? I worked in pharmaceutical sales and marketing for over a decade. So completely different field, the whole 180 shift. The whole 180. So okay. pharmaceuticals, you were like working for a big pharmaceutical company? Yeah, it started out as a small company and then quickly, like months later, got acquired by a really big pharma company. So overnight turned into big pharma. Is that when the shift happened for you? No, um, it did internally, but it took me quite some time to, to make the, the switch. Um, but I got into pharma really with the intention of helping people. It was right. kind of as vague and naive as that. And yeah. I knew from a young age I wanted to be in healthcare, but I didn't know so much about holistic health okay. at that point. So it was kind of natural progression because you started in farm, pharma, you learned about what the industry is about, and that gave you a different perspective on how you could possibly help people? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely loved you know most of my time there, and there's definitely a place for the pharmaceutical industry, but my natural passion definitely lied with holistic health and integrative health. So how did that switch sort of happen? So the real turning point was motherhood. Um, Becoming a mom kind of speeds up the soul searching mm -hmm. process. And I really struggled my first year of motherhood and with my pregnancy. Um, I had postpartum anxiety. So um, I was able to use a lot of the things that I learned from my background in integrative health to kind of pull me out of that. And that's how I knew I wanted to help other people do the same. So you've been in, in this wellness world for a while. Like even when you were working for Big Pharma. And yeah. You, okay. I, got, um, I got my certification in 2016. And that was... Really just for my own curiosity, I had a lot of family members struggling with autoimmune disease and cancers, and I just I just wanted to know what I could do to make sure those genes don't turn on in me and um, help my family out too. So you spoke about motherhood a little bit, and that's kind of how you started the transition. Is that how you started the Mobs Playbook? Yeah. So after um, having my first son, I got involved. I was doing my health coaching just part-time while still working full-time. And I got involved with a group called the Moms Mom Collaborative, and they're down in Princeton. Um, and I really wanted to bring something like that up to Bergen County because it wasn't as intimidating as going to like a postpartum support group at the hospital. Um, it just felt way more comfortable and kind of like no judgment zone. 
So um, that was something that was always on my mind. And then this past pregnancy was during the pandemic, my second son and my good friend and I, our sons were born two days apart. And we were like, okay, we have to do some now. This it was such a major shift for us having babies during the pandemic and being pregnant and the whole worry of, you know, am I not going to have my spouse there? There yeah. was just so many anxieties. So we created the Mom's Playbook to have our own little community up here. So what is the Mom's Playbook? So the Mom's Playbook is a resource and community for moms. Um, we do... It started during the pandemic, so everything was obviously virtual. We have a great community on Instagram. Um, we have different topics every month where we connect with different healthcare professionals and specialists and just have different topics, you know, from sleep, baby sleep, um, breastfeeding, travel hacks, literally everything. Um, and we go live every Wednesday on the Moms with Book. Oh, that's cool. I got to check that out. Yeah. You guys had a really awesome guest on last Wednesday, right? Dr. Toplinski on... Um, this past month, our topic was all about breast health because my co-founder, Cassandra's sister, was diagnosed when she turned 40 with breast cancer. And she's like the definition of health. How mm -hmm. old? How old? 40. For wow. So um, we wanted to raise awareness, not just in October. And we had a great fundraiser, connected with some specialists in the field. And last week, we had Dr. Toplinski on from the Valley Breast Center. And that's a good point you made. I mean, nutrition and health and wellness these all increase your probability of not getting sick and not having these horrible things happen to them, but it doesn't eliminate them. Right. And and that's what we talked about a bit on the last episode was you could be the most perfectly right. healthy person and you could still get cancer or have yeah. health issues and that's not your fault, but it's definitely, you know, helpful to prevent some of those genes from turning on and also you just feel better when you live that way. Right. So when someone comes to you, a new patient, what are some of the things you tell them Nutrition-wise, what's, what's some of the advice they're seeking? Uh, the most common things I see are definitely people wanting to lose weight, right? Um, stress management, and increasing energy levels. So in terms of just food, I know you're a functional nutritionist, but if we're just speaking food here, what are some of the things you tell them to start consuming or stop consuming? So definitely the first thing is looking at their water intake because pretty much nobody is drinking enough water. Um, so that's number one. And then I do have them do a food journal so I can see what they're eating, the timing of their meals, what their snacks are, where there's some sneaky sugars added in. Um, so definitely the focus would be shifting out of processed foods and added sugars and adding in more good proteins, good fats, obviously lots of vegetables, more plant-based foods. I think another thing with the journal is I think when you have a journal, you're more conscious of yourself. Absolutely. And now, right before you eat that Oreo or cake, you're like, oh, I don't want to write that in my journal. Maybe I shouldn't have that. Yeah. So that's another thing, even just besides giving you the information you need to try to help diagnose them or help fix their diet, yeah. it's just being conscious of what you're putting in your mouth. Exactly. Just that act of slowing down. And I tell people, too, like, don't try to impress me because yeah. I'll probably be able to tell. Right. <laughs> I don't expect it to be perfect. I'm not perfect. But... Um, once you kind of take the time to see what you're putting in your body and how often we don't, in this crazy world we live in, we don't really slow down and do yeah. that. So it's really, it's really eye opening. So like what's one of, um, one of the easiest things you can advise your patients to, to do to kind of better their health and better their nutrition? It really depends on the person because everybody is so different, but aside from upping their water intake, definitely increasing their protein. Most people aren't eating enough protein. So looking at the plate, making sure that there you have this little checklist of protein, 
good source of fat, fiber, and greens. So that specific combination is something that I think everybody can benefit from. Um, it's a quick way to balance out your blood sugar levels, reduce cravings, and it's balanced enough and complete enough that you actually get the three to four hours between meals so that you don't need to like mindlessly snack. Right. So one thing she said was increase your protein intake. And I think a common misconception is you only want to increase your protein intake if you're trying to get like big muscles or something. Right. And I think that's a common misconception. What I'm hearing from you is everyone can increase their protein intake and it'll be healthy for them. Yeah. I mean, I think that across the board, just the world that we're living in, we're all under some sort of stress and inflammation. So this combination of protein, fat, fiber, greens at every meal is something that everybody can benefit right. from. And if you're hungry so quickly after a meal, it's typically because you're not getting enough protein and fat in that first meal. So touching on the protein, I want to get back to fats in a second, but touching on the protein, I feel like a lot of women, like you said, they have this misconception. Yeah. Maybe it's more, mis I don't know if you necessarily said women, but women I speak to, they have this misconception that they're going to eat protein and they're going to get these big bulky muscles. I wish it was that easy. I really <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I've been working out for a long time, not lately, but, <laughs> um, but I don't have those, you know, huge bulky muscles that I would like by increasing my protein. So like, can you kind of just elaborate on that and try to maybe explain to some people that maybe that isn't the case or maybe it is the case. I don't know. What do you think? I don't think it's the case. I think that's a myth. I think that protein, you need protein, obviously, to build and maintain muscle, but also to keep you fuller for longer. Right. Um, you need the fat to help you kick cravings. You need the fiber because fiber keeps you fuller for longer without spiking your blood sugar. So that's really important. And then greens, I just say, because I think that everybody should just try to throw some extra greens or veggies on every meal or smoothie. It just yeah. gives you that huge array of the different vitamins yeah. and nutrients that nobody gets enough of these right. days. There's so many benefits from right. I mean, nobody has enough plants on their plate. I agree. And I wanted to touch on fats too a little bit. So I feel, again, this is big misconception and negative outlook on fats. Still, today, yeah. you know. Um, so can you just like touch on that and the importance of fat? I know you said it helps with cravings, but... What else can it possibly do? Well, there's there's good fats. So I'm always about looking for the good fats and knowing, you know, becoming more familiar with the different types of oils and good sources of fat. So with oils, you want to focus on extra virgin olive oil, avocado mm -hmm. oil, and maybe start to become a little bit of a detective when you're looking at labels and see where is it maybe canola oil or other types of oils that are a bit more processed. And then for other sources of fat, coconut oil, avocado nuts there's lots of great options so right. what's the difference between good fat and bad fat bad fat is like your processed yeah. trans fats yeah and good fat is like i just think of when i hear good fats i just think of avocados yeah <laughs> i think that's where most people's brains go but you you need that component in this approach because it's gonna help you kick cravings and that's what i think most people are looking to get that the, the most common thing with nutrition that i see is that people are like I have this bad habit after dinner. I'm constantly, you know, reaching for something. I don't know if it's boredom or whatnot. So I kind of start with the beginning of the day and we get really specific and go through each third of the day. But once you kind of get the fat and the protein into each meal, it has that nice ripple effect and you don't really have as many cravings later on. And if you do want, so let's say that's like the ultimate result, right? That's like the goal. I don't want any snacks. Right. But what if you still are bored and want snacks? What are good options for snacking? So there's definitely, you know, nothing wrong with snacking. I never am trying to have a restrictive approach with my clients. Um, but just starting, like I said, about looking at labels, there's so much sneaky added sugar. Um, That's sneaky sugar. Sneaky sugar. Anything that ends in like <laughs> oats, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. And 
I like to talk about like the, the grocery store. If you think about the outer aisles, you've got like your good veggies, your fruits, your proteins. And then once you start to get in the middle aisles, that's where all the snacks and junky stuff is. Um, go ahead. If labeling is colorful, don't buy it. Like if you look in the cereal aisle with all the different colors, that's like just a bunch of sugar aimed to kids to get them crazy. Yeah, and there's just, there's a lot of like hidden sugar. So even yeah. if something on the front says like no gluten, no GMOs, but it's, it's a lot of That's like a sign out. to me. That's yeah. like, that's not healthy. That's a sign when it says like super high fiber, heart healthy. I'm like, Ooh, that's probably not good <laughs> yeah. for you. And there's a little trick I can share actually on labels, even if it says that there's you know, no sugar, only a little bit of sugar and added sugar, you can always look at the total carbs and subtract the fiber and then take that number and divide it by four because there's four grams of sugar in a teaspoon. And then you can kind of see how many teaspoons are in that actual serving. So will that tell you your like fake sugars too? Yeah, it'll just show you where it's added in or where it's going to turn into Okay, can you say that again, though? Yeah. yeah. Wait, so what what was it? So you're going to take the total carb. Total carbs. Subtract the fiber. Minus fibers. Fiber does not turn into blood, doesn't spike your blood sugar. Okay. Okay. Um, You're going to divide that number by four, and whatever you're left with is how many teaspoons are in that serving of sugar. Of sugar. Wow. So when we, that's a great thing to look for. I'll I'll give you an example, too. Like, my husband loves the Think protein bars, and there's Mm -hmm. no sugar and no added sugar. But once you do that little equation, I think it comes to like 5.5 teaspoons of sugar. Teaspoons? Yeah. Can oh you imagine? Like, no one would ever sit there. And That's eat. like 100 yeah. calories, isn't it? A teaspoon of sugar? I That's know, it's a, crazy. It's a way better method than trying to understand those massive words that nobody knows yeah. what they mean. It's just a bunch of chemicals on the ingredients. Yeah, and list. if you see all those words, it's probably yeah, not Yeah, it's probably great. not good for you. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about how a functional nutritionist is more of like a lifestyle. Yeah. And that's how I believe like a diet should be. No poison to us is kind of like, let me eliminate all of that. Let me learn what poison is first, and let me try to eliminate that. So when I go to the fridge, I know, wait, maybe I should try to eliminate that this time. I'm having a conscious effort. I'm trying to control my brain to say, don't eat that poison. So what do you think? And that's what I think is really like the best diet, more of a lifestyle shift. Yeah. Would you agree that that's sort of best way to go about it? Yeah, and that's amazing that you do that. I think that that's probably the biggest struggle. Um for most people is that they're not having that pause before they make any choice, whether it's about food or not. Um, When they listen to this episode, they're going to, yeah, (laughs) just being really intentional with, with every choice you make. And, um, and also finding that balance of, of wanting to indulge and, you know, not beating yourself up. after. Not no poison, minimal poison. Right. Where, you know, everybody's poison. poison is different. Yeah. Right. So, so in terms of like the diet though, I think also, like all those diet fads, it, it's impossible to keep with that for the rest of your life. Yeah. You want is. your diet to be something that you can sustain long term. Exactly. Those diets are not sustainable, in my opinion. Um, and I think that once you really, like you said, you tune in and you take that moment to pause. And with me, like that, my, that's my whole approach is just breaking down the day and getting really specific and knowing what somebody's schedule and routine is because I want to make sure that the changes we're making can like seamlessly flow yeah. into your day and so that you can feel successful. It's second nature. Now yeah. you're shifting a lifestyle. It's, it's pretty powerful. You're shifting someone's lifestyle to be more healthy instead of telling them, oh, like a, the keto diet, instead of telling them, eat this, this, and this, or like the one you have to count up the carbs or right. count the points or something. Nobody's doing that for <laughs> no. 50 years. No. You're shifting someone's lifestyle to a healthier lifestyle. I think that is the key to 
a no poison lifestyle. Yeah. And, and my approach might not be for everybody. Like if somebody comes to me and wants to lose weight, my first thing is to find out why. Yeah. If it's something that oh, is interesting. Yeah. Because if it's like, I want to lose weight because I feel good, I right. feel good from within. And if it's something like that's more external, like, well, I just want to be so skinny and that's where I want to look good on Instagram. That's I, want not... look good. I want to get all the likes and that's where I'm going to get guys complimenting me or girls complimenting me then we have like a, some serious right. mindset work to do and you, people might not be up for that first, but it's not sustainable. And it, that's, I just won't, I won't probably work with somebody like so that. So if someone yeah. does come to or you. Or I will, but as long as they're open to, to doing <laughs> to some explore of the work first, another reason. Yeah. So if someone does come to you for weight loss and they say, I want it, to, it's all the right reasons. I want to be healthier. I want to be able to play with my kid. Yeah. I know you're very active with your kid. You want to be mm -hmm. able to like throw them around and not hurt your back and not like be overweight. What would be like the first step you would do for someone who's looking for weight loss? Um, so finding out their why, yep. uh, their motivating factors, and then I would have them do my health history form because as we've talked about, everybody is so unique and has so many different circumstances. And then the food journal. Right. Um, and then, like I said, I break it into thirds of the day. Typically I work the first third of the day and that's kind of what we focus on for a week or two. And we get really create some automation with that. And then you get the momentum to keep moving forward. And is the third of the day, is that just food or is that everything? That's everything. Yeah. So, so how know, some active people are might you? not want to focus so much on like mindfulness, but, or movement, but, um, if somebody's open to it, we include everything or if somebody wants to strictly focus on food. I'll do that too. It's very client led. Okay. Do you have a lot of people that are kind of like straying away from the mindfulness or? Yeah. I think a lot of people are really intimidated by that word and by meditation. And Can I think, we explain that? Cause I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, what do you think of when you hear mindfulness? Meditation? Oh, meditation. I'm thinking, let me control my brain to like actually have a second for myself and close my eyes. When someone says meditation, close your eyes yeah. <laughs> and then you just think about, try to think about nothing, nothing. which is impossible because right. you can't think about nothing. Cause then I'm thinking about why am I thinking about nothing? <laughs> and then I'm trying to just give myself a second to reflect on how my day was or however, whatever yeah. I'm trying to meditate on. Yeah. So I think people have that idea that it has to be like, if you're going to meditate, it has to be this perfect practice, like 20 minutes sitting upright on a cushion. And that's so not the case. I mean, it is for some people, some people have really mastered that, but there's so many ways to meditate that even in just one minute can change your mood and your mindset. Um, and then mindfulness is to see things clearly so that you can respond effectively. So just like you said, you make that choice when you open the fridge, that's mindfulness. You're practicing mindfulness okay, okay. every time you do that. So that's a good thing that someone should do when they're trying to meditate or be mindfulness of what they're doing. Try to just control my brain a little bit. No, to... no, not trying. You're trying to let go of the control because you can't control everything. Can't control it. <laughs> yeah. So just trying to pause and connect and tune in and see how things, see how, how did you actually feel after breakfast today? So reflection? Yeah. So reflection is a form of meditation? Yeah. Or mindfulness. Uh, mindfulness. Yeah. So would you say that like some, like maybe a lot of people are kind of just walking around sort of like zombie-ish? Like they were just always so busy in our hustle bustle rat race every day. They were kind of just grabbing whatever we you know, whatever we see we're on our phone eating while we're on the phone stuff like that like, definitely does... that's i mean especially where we live here in the tri-state area that's the world we live in everything is so fast-paced and go 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 and then especially when you become a parent you tend to put yourself last and you know everybody else is taken care of and you're like 
living off of granola bars and protein shakes. And <laughs> how, how do we get away from that, though? That sneaky sugar. <laughs> <laughs> that sneaky sugar. You got to divide by four and multiply by two, and then you realize that you eat 10 grams of sugar. <laughs> so but how do we get away from that routine? Because I'm in a routine. Everyone's in a routine. You call in the well. Yeah, you, call you well. really have to, like, you have to really break down your day and your yeah. choices and, and look at what what you're doing with movement, with nutrition, mindfulness, who you're surrounding yourself with. But when it comes to food specifically, I mean, sometimes you need, sometimes you might know what you're doing, but you might need a health coach because yeah. they can keep you accountable. Or you're just creating the space in your day to be like, okay, well, I'm sh just like if I were to call Pete for acupuncture, like I made that appointment, so I'm showing up. So sometimes you just need that space to tune in and be just by yourself. That was a good sort of similarity where you were preparing, you had back pain, so you called Pete. So not only did you reflect and say, I have back pain, but then you did something about it. You called and you prepared for the next day. So I think preparing what you eat right. is something that Definitely. tomorrow when I wake up, I know I'm going to eat oatmeal in the morning with some nuts in it and with, with some fruit in it. Yeah. I'm preparing my next morning. So when I wake up tomorrow and I'm late for work, I, at least I have a plan now. So right. I, I'm planning to do it and I'm planning to be healthy. So my, my question to you is, Actually, Hunter and I were just talking about this earlier. Before you came here, I'm going to openly admit this. I just like housed like three slices of pizza. <laughs> right? And yeah, that's to me, yeah, maybe a little poison. But it was necessary poison at the time because I just worked all day. The last time I ate was at 1230. You need something quick. I needed something quick. So like, what can I do to have better options, right? Kind of just going back to that. So, I mean, there's definitely a time and place for pizza. Like, I, I'm not perfect. I will have pizza every now and then, especially if I'm not prepared. But I think just like Hunter said, being prepared. So actually, maybe that's once a week whenever you or whoever does the food shopping, you include some things to have on hand in the office. You know, something simple that I tell people to do is every Sunday, hard boil some eggs, peel them so that the work is done, put it in the right. fridge so that if you are rushing out the door, you can grab something that's filled with protein or have some trail mix and just having those good snacks on hand. Right. Um, definitely setting yourself up for success. You have to take that time to see what your day is going to be. So you should have prepared yesterday. You knew we were doing this interview <laughs> right. today. You're right. You should have prepared. And not beating so. yourself up when you don't. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because I'm beating myself up a little bit about it right now. No. Or he was beating I was me making up. him so feel So this is where, what, what I... <laughs> Who you hang out with. You see, you shouldn't hang yeah, out with me. So it. instead of beating yourself up, you have to have a comeback rate. So what are you going to do? What's a comeback rate? How quickly you can come back from, you're not feeling so good maybe about the three pieces of pizza that you ate. What are you going to do tomorrow morning when you wake up? You know, like... I have three pieces. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you should call me and we'll set some time to talk. <laughs> okay, so I got to prepare myself and just stock that fridge with some better snacks, obviously. Or yeah. Meals. Okay. I have a food specific question. Okay. I eat oatmeal every morning. Is there, but not like the sugary in the packet with like loaded up with sugar. It's literally just rolled oats. Quaker, is that straight Quaker? Is is that like that's healthy, right? Well, how do you feel after you eat it? I feel full. I feel I I'm still hungry at like twelve, and I eat it at like nine thirty. What do you put in your oatmeal? So I put a, two scoops of organ organic protein, that's plant based. Favorite. It's the best. I just ordered a new one on Amazon today. One day shipping. I put pecans, walnuts, almonds, chia seeds. What do you think about those? Great. Great. Good. Great source of fiber. And then I put like whatever berries I have in the fridge. So sometimes I put blueberries. Today I put blackberries and I had an apple in there and I put a banana. And how long does that hold you over to your next meal? Well, it used to make me really full, but I've been doing it every day for the last like two years. And now I'm hungry like 
probably two hours later. Okay. But I eat a lot. Yeah, I mean, that that sounds really good to me. And, you know, the thing, it really depends on what your goals are. Like, if I have somebody that's really trying to lose weight and has all these side effects from having too much sugar, I'll tell them, like, maybe keep your your fruit to like a quarter cup or none, you know, in your smoothie or your oatmeal because sugar is sugar. So even though it's fruit, it's still sugar. But if you, it's really how you feel. I mean, checking the label, making sure, you know, if you can opt for organic and maybe just checking out which brands maybe have that little formula we just did right. would be the best choice. Can we, we definitely need to put that formula underneath this. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because I already forgot it. I definitely want to do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, we're definitely going to write that yeah. down. So you'll see it on the name. Uh, so you've been eating that same thing for two years? Yeah. So, Noel, like, is that okay? Like, if yeah. somebody eats, say, the same thing every day for two years, like, is that all like, right? Like, is my body dependent on it now? Not dependent, but I'm saying, like, is it, would it be better off to alternate foods or, I mean, I'm sure you're obviously alternating foods throughout your day, but. Sometimes on the weekends I don't do it. You know? Yeah, I mean, it really depends on how you feel and if you're having any side effects from it. I I like the idea of switching things up every now and then because it's just you know, having that diversity on your plate, but there, you know, there's definitely nothing, in my opinion, nothing wrong with doing that. Yeah. Like then I'm getting the same exact nutrition every day, but maybe I'm lacking something that's not, that's not like the most complete, it can't be the most complete thing. Diversity. I'm getting like every single type of nutrition. Yeah. I mean, and if that, you know, what I would say is if you're hungry fairly quickly after that, you could always add in more protein and fats, maybe putting like a tablespoon of nut butter or coconut oil in there. How's peanut butter? Good. Depends on the brand, but yeah, no, not not <laughs> Skippy and Jiffy. That's I, not I even. Really, pe- I don't even know if there's peanuts in those. Yeah, I really like Maranatha. I feel like that's a clean brand. I literally just look. There should be one ingredient in peanut butter: roasted peanuts. That's the, the only brands I buy. There's one ingredient: roasted peanuts. Yeah. There can't be any preservatives in there if there's just one ingredient. Yeah, there's definitely some better options out there. Yeah. So let's get into sugar a little bit. So what happens when we eat too much sugar? Whether it's from fruit, which could be healthy sugar, quote unquote. Or it's from like junky cereals that just load you up with sugar. What actually happens in your body? So sugar is definitely an inflammatory trigger and can result in many different things like weight gain or holding on to that extra weight that everybody feels like they can't get rid of. Not everybody, but a lot of my female <laughs> clients feel like they have that, that midsection that they can't get rid of. It can cause headaches, brain fog, affect your energy levels. There's so many things that can happen. Right. So you're you're a mom, right? Yes. So I have two I have two boys, and I'm always trying to look for better, you know, uh, meals in the morning, right? So what are some options that we could give to our kids that aren't filled with sugar? So I try to avoid the you mentioned cereal, I try to avoid cereal, but I kind of always find myself, you know, leaning towards like frozen eggos, or, yeah. You know, so it's what are easy. some better options? It's kind of the same approach that we talked about. Like I, you know, kids do model what we do, and not all the time, but like if they see. I notice with my kids too, like if I have a plate where I have my hard boiled egg and like toast with peanut butter or something, my son will try to have some of my eggs. So I think sometimes we just assume they're not going to have that and we go for like the easy things like like cereal or the frozen pancakes or waffles. Um, so just maybe starting to look for better swaps so that if you do mm-hmm. have to make those choices um, and you have to be quick, that you have some good alternatives but i think again making sure that their blood sugar levels are into balance so protein good fats because i mean especially with the ages that our sons are it does affect their moods and their tantrums and all of that yeah so i noticed like des he has a little sugar and he is 
he's off the wall. Yeah. Like, it really, sugar like, so really irrational. affects him. Yeah. yeah. But really is it only short term? Is it like a short term burst? Or is I would say it's definitely a short term like burst, but a short term burst could be like 20 minutes. Yeah. And it's not necessarily like that short term, but you know, it's definitely affecting him. Yeah. But you guys yeah. bring up a great point. Why do kids, I, I don't have any kids, I don't know the answer, but why do kids need to eat a different diet than adults? Do they Are they just more picky? So they just go for the sugary stuff? Well, I think that it really depends. Like, it depends what you're doing from the very start with them. And, you know, like they, the doctors say, I think it takes like, I don't know, six to eight times where you have to keep trying to expose them to different foods. And sometimes they just surprise you. Like Carlo ate lentils the other night. Yeah. And I would have never nice. even offered them to him, but he grabbed them off my plate. Super so I food. think just trying yeah. to get them involved in the kitchen and maybe letting them pick some stuff out at the food store. And again, using like starting to look at their labels too, because I just had a client who got the um, the Nature's Bakery Fig Bars, mm-hmm. and that's like a healthy snack, but really there's a lot of sneaky added sugar in there. Right. So just maybe again using the whole approach that you you would use for yourself. So I have a lot of I have it I have an issue with yogurt. I do not like <laughs> yogurt. Okay, I could go into that for all day. But my question to you is, how do you feel about, but my kids have it, so how do you feel about yogurt for children? Like, do you think it's a good snack? Do you think it's a good breakfast? Or toss it all together? Yeah, I mean, I give my sons yogurt. Sometimes it's like when they are so picky and you just need to get calories in. Um, Sometimes there's better brand options that you can choose from. But, you know, like, I think it's the age three that we don't have the enzyme that breaks down dairy properly. So, you know, Nino is not three years old yet, and he's having yogurt every day and whole milk, and that's fine for him. Wait, did you say until you get to age three, that's when when you you get lactose or lactase? You only have the enzyme to break down dairy. After the age of three? Or before? When you turn three. I have to double check that, but I'm pretty sure it's the age of three that you So does that mean everybody's like lactose intolerant? Every, every, in my opinion, everybody is lactose intolerant to it. So should, should, should we cut out dairy? Not everybody needs to cut out dairy, but... But what, is it healthier to like, I don't think, I don't drink milk. Like, it's just a weird thing to me to yeah. drink a cow's milk. I agree. <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know where those hormones are. I don't know. Why do I want that? You know, the thing is, everything is so, unfortunately, so processed. Yeah. And we don't know a lot of stuff that's going on. But I think that um, there's, yeah, it would be, in my opinion, ideal to reduce dairy and gluten because those things are just inflammatory. But cheese processed. tastes so good, though. I know. I'm not going to say no to a charcuterie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I get it. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> but maybe choosing like a block of cheese that's gonna last a long that, that's like not the harder gonna, cheeses right instead of a string cheese that could be good for five years yes. in your fridge that's yeah. questionable yeah not even right. in your fridge you leave it on your counter right. you still no right. mold so you know making making those choices if you're gonna have it make it high quality dairy I think the word processed you brought up process a lot I feel like the word process also has a negative connotation doesn't necessarily mean everything that process everything that is processed is unhealthy that just means that. It isn't as natural as you would have thought. Right. I think that, like, my my whole point using that word is that the things in the middle aisles and boxes yeah. are highly processed. Right, right. And so just being mindful of that. When they're mixing in a bunch of different chemicals to try to make it last longer, right. and then you're putting those in your body. Right. And then your body's trying to, like, use that for fuel. And it's like, what the heck is this random chemical I've never seen before? I think that's this part where you need it that's the poison yeah and if you start adding in more of the stuff that you don't have to leave right. stuff that doesn't have the labels on it you're 
the proteins, the veggies, then having more of that on your plate, you're not really going to even have room for that other right. stuff. And your body's just right. more efficient because right. it's using all of the calories that it takes yeah. in. So your roasted peanuts, those are that's processed. Yeah, that's technically mi- processed. But, but minim- yes. minimally processed, right. I think we're trying to get. Roasting them peanuts are technically processing them. Right. But it's not like, they're not dumping in chemicals. And I think that's like the, no. the highly processed. Skippy's doing that. Yes, they right? definitely are. Yeah. They're putting in stuff to make sure the peanut butter never goes bad so they don't lose money when their product when their product goes bad. That's why they're putting preservatives in there. They don't want to lose their money when their product goes bad. Right. So actually that's an interesting point though. So when people are eating a lot of these highly processed foods, do you notice that that has an effect on people's moods themselves? Like if somebody is more anxious or somebody is more down or does food affect that directly? Definitely. A hundred percent. And sometimes they don't even realize it until they're without it or it's reorganized a little bit. Um, sometimes if there's a, a health issue or a serious like mental health issue, anxiety, um, it does take like a true 21 day elimination to, to really feel the effects. Um, it takes 21 days for the cells in our body to turn over and how they react to food. So that's, you know, some people are up for that challenge, some people aren't, but even just reorganizing how you're building your meals and adding more of that good stuff in, even if you're still getting some processed sugary stuff in, you'll feel a difference. So what is that 21-day elimination? What does that look like? So, for example, it... It could be everything inflammatory. Sometimes if there's a health condition, you really, you do need to take an anti-inflammatory protocol and avoid those inflammatory triggers altogether, which is really challenging, but sometimes necessary. And sometimes it's just picking one of them. And, you know, like I have a client who doesn't eat gluten and dairy is not so much a problem for her, but she knows that sugar is like her weakness and it's dark chocolate and she feels like she's making good choices, but... It's, it's an addiction. So she's doing the 21-day elimination, and, and in just one week, she's noticed better energy levels, more brain clarity. So that's eliminating all gluten, sugar, well, you dairy? Can, you, we're just doing sugar, but you can definitely do – there's definitely a whole anti-inflammatory protocol that would be eliminating all the inflammatory triggers. You know what? I think we should challenge each other. Well, you're probably already there, but I think we should challenge no, each other. No coffee, no pumps in your coffee for 21 days. Relax with the pumps. I need the pump. That's Are we poison. talking Starbucks? <laughs> no, Dunkin', Dunkin', liquid sugar. Liquid poison. He puts in his coffee well, every start morning. just like cutting it in half. Well, I, you know, I told you, be proud of me. I told the guy today, I was like, listen, I would need a half decaf medium <laughs> with the smallest little pump you can give me. That is so, highly processed liquid poison. Yeah, but now it's minimally processed liquid poison. <laughs> Baby steps. Baby steps, exactly. Yes. No, but seriously though, I think we should really challenge ourselves to do that. I want to do that. All right. So we're going to talk about that later. All right, let's do it. 21 days? Yeah, whatever the protocol is. I, for example, I did it after having my son Nino. My skin freaked out. My hormones were really? totally out of whack. Um, I cut out dairy and gluten for 21 days. I'll cut out dairy 21 days. Done. No cheese. Not no, even no. like Parmesan. Like no cheese. <laughs> no. Yeah, but no. also too, about those sneaky, the sneaky labels. Isn't dairy like in everything? Like just about any little bar package. Like yeah, isn't there's it a high? lot. There's a lot of um, little little words to look out for. So it depends how strict you want to get with it. I mean, you could you could just simply say I'm not having milk, cheese, like the obvious ones, and mm-hmm. even doing that, we're going strict. Yeah, or we're going nothing, nothing yeah. in a package. Cold dairy, not even worth the risk. Nothing packaged. No, nothing packaged. Yeah. So whey protein. Oh, poison. Dairy or not poison? Not poison. Dairy, not dairy? (laughs) Whey protein typically does have dairy in it. What's your stance on whey protein? I just think everybody's so different. I don't 
for me, I don't like the way I feel when I, I think, have it. Uh, I feel yeah, very too. bloated when me I have too. it. I, right. I like Orgain, but everybody's different. And yeah. there's some really good, clean options with for whey, too. So Okay. My body just reacts to dairy bad. I feel like a lot of people's body reacts to dairy bad. And whey protein is just like on another level. And it also seems processed to me. Why is it that? is processed. Yeah. yeah it's like highly processed. I think so. Well, maybe the brands I was using in like high school when I thought I had to get whey protein to get big. You right. don't need whey protein to get big muscles. No, you just need you need protein. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah, and if you it. can get that naturally, even yeah. better. Yeah, by food, even right. better. Yeah. yeah. If you can eat chicken, even better than having whey protein. Right. So, I'm sorry. So, just getting back to, to people's moods and anxieties and things like that. So, that have, have you personally noticed that changing or eliminating this from people's diet, like they're having significant effects or changes in those conditions? Definitely. I have mostly female clients and a lot of the... The things that they complain about are PMS and hormonal imbalance. So once we shifted to getting those balanced meals in place, so getting protein, fat, fiber, and greens in every meal, and we're not even talking about doing, you know, avoiding gluten and dairy at this point, but just mm -hmm. adding all that good stuff in, they felt much more stable, more controlled, especially around their period when they typically were more anxious. Um, yeah, but it definitely affects your energy levels, which affects your mood. There's a whole ripple effect that happens. A lot of people that I talk to, like the stress levels are extremely high. Everybody's kind of, like I had mentioned before, just running all over the place, juggling your family, work, what have you. So what's your advice to managing stress to your clients? So definitely taking a look at their sleep hygiene, so, you know, making sure they're getting enough sleep. That's number one, because I think that's the foundation for setting up your whole next day finding out what forms of mindfulness or meditation work for you and that can look totally different for everybody there's you know even just movement is a form of mindfulness um so just making sure that you have little pockets of time throughout the day even if it's just five minutes could make all the difference um and then you know for me i definitely have a breath work and movement routine every day but sometimes i have to call in like the big guns like to seco acupuncture or my therapist <laughs> and i'm all for finding you know other healing modalities and and totally open to that and sometimes if things are it's it's necessary i'm not saying too that medication isn't necessary it really depends on what each individual has right so western medicine there's like you had you mentioned before there's a time and place for big pharma there's a time and place for for western medicine yeah but i feel like maybe it's just overused and overabused and yeah. people should really be looking into services that you offer, you know, to help combat the things that they're dealing with. Yeah, I think just like just slowing down and taking a real inventory of what you do on a daily basis and just making small changes consistently, picking one thing and sticking with that for a week or two before you try to like overhaul your whole day. Right. Uh, so, Noah, can you talk to us about, like, burnout and adrenal fatigue? Because I hear a lot of people always kind of just almost like blanket statements. So can you kind of elaborate on those? Yeah, that's definitely something I hear a lot of noise around with adrenal fatigue and um, and burnout. So adrenal fatigue is not actually a medically identified condition. So a lot of times what happens is people will come to me and they're like, I think I have adrenal fatigue. And I went to the doctor and they just kind of like said, oh, you're just stressed or you're just a mom or whatever. So... The adrenals are glands that are on top of the kidneys and they produce hormones. They don't actually fatigue unless you have Addison's disease. So there is no such thing as adrenal fatigue, but that doesn't mean that all these people that think they have it don't have something going on. So those feelings of burnout and exhaustion are typically, you know, we talked a bit about earlier the wear and tear on your body. So mm -hmm. 
that's uh, something Dr. Aviva Ram calls your allostatic load. So that's just how much wear and tear we can we can handle under that exposed being exposed to chronic stress for that long. Um, we can only take so much before things start to break down. So it has a lot to do with you know everything we've been talking about: your sleep quality, your diet, your movement, your relationships. So do you think somebody can really fully repair themselves to like, you know, to like baseline? Like, do you think people can get back to there? I do. I think that it's, it's a, like a lifelong commitment and um, being really specific and intentional about every single choice you're making. Awesome. What I'm hearing is reflect, be mindfulness of what you eat. So reflect on what, maybe what makes you stressed. What are you eating that day? Maybe, maybe you weren't eating. That's also another right. cause that could be stress. And also staying active. I think those are the three big things yeah. in order to limit your stress take yeah. from what from what you said. Yeah, definitely. Those are and they don't have to be long drawn out things. So you touched on a little bit just there, but so exercise. I want to talk a little bit about that. So I, I have sometimes I see the people that are like, Oh, I have to exercise six times a week or people that don't exercise at all. What and I and I know everybody's different, but what do you think is the best um, amount of time somebody should be exercising or how long per day? So the recommended amount for everybody is five days a week, 30 minutes a day. There's studies that show that that can help prevent cancer and, and lots of diseases. But as you just said, everybody is different. So, it, you know, for male and female, it's totally different. For men, they operate on a 24-hour hormonal cycle and women have a one-month cycle. So a woman during her period should not be doing these high intensity workouts. That's something called cycle syncing that I get into with my female, female clients where there's an optimal way to work out depending on what phase of your cycle you're in. Oh, so what, wait, so when is the optimal time though? So it, the week after your period, which is the follicular phase, that's when you have the most energy and you could benefit from some serious cardio or HIIT boot camp classes. Your HIIT training but if you that. were to do that, yeah, if you were to do that during your period, you would actually be turning on fat storage and doing really? the opposite effect of what wow. you need. Yeah. That's super interesting. So what should women be doing during that week? During the menstrual, the menstrual phase? Yeah. Nothing. Or gentle yoga, something restorative, just some light walking or like taking a nap would okay. be more beneficial for their body than doing a hard intense I workout. guarantee 80% of women don't know that. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's something I wish that we learned about in health class, right. um, and it's becoming talked about more and more. But it's something that you know, I that's what happened to me after I had my first son. I was wanting to get back my body back, and I was teaching nine bar classes a week and doing spin, sometimes doing spin twice a day, and I looked great. Like, but then my body was like absolutely shut down, and I started to have really crazy cystic acne. And my body was just like screaming at me to try to, so I could figure it's out like, what was going on. like, yo, chill out. What are you doing? I was so inflamed, right. even though I thought I was so healthy. So I really, I had, I actually quit teaching bar and I stopped doing spin and I just tried to do some walking and just kind of like lower the inflammation. So what can we go back to like, so there's four weeks in a month. So the, the week after, that's like your hit, your, yeah. your super high intensity stuff. Is it just That's like in your follicular phase? Follicular phase. Do you just slow down every week leading up to your menstrual week? Yeah. So things like there's different weeks where strength training would be more appropriate. Second week. I think that's the third phase, the third and it doesn't phase? go week by week. Everybody's phases okay. are different. And then there's weeks where you know Pilates and bar would be more helpful. Um, but yeah, I mean, just I think that's something that that might only be effective if you're not on hormonal birth control. Okay. Because if you are on hormonal birth control 
you don't have a true cycle. So it really depends on each person. But um, don't give away all your secrets. Okay. We still yeah, want yeah that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really in depth. That's that's pretty wild. Uh, that's I I really never knew anything like that. Well, I why thought, would yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, right? I don't know. Or, or a twenty-four hour cycle. What is the twenty-four hour cycle that you said that males experience? So that's just the way that the male body runs, and that's actually um, just another point to bring up. All these fad diets like keto and intermittent fasting and everything is typically studied on a male cycle. So that's for men to have optimal health. And I think that everybody hears these cool diets and trends. I lost a hundred pounds in two weeks. Right, and right. then they go and you know it's it's so different for everybody. So I think that's another mistake that I see is thinking that there's one way that's the end all be all. So women are kind of being pushed to the side in these studies. They're not they're not being studied. So it's not we don't know how it works on a female anatomy and body. Right, it's typically focused on the male cycle. So wow. can we get back to inflammation though? You touched yeah. on it a couple times today. What is inflammation? So inflammation, it's in. There's many different views on this, but I look at it as the wear and tear on your body when you're exposed to chronic stress. And that can be through so many different things. It can be stress that you're doing from workouts. It can be from your job, from family, just any form of stress. So and also it, inflammation from food. Does inflammation, right. something is getting larger, right? You're, yeah, you're inflamed. Yeah, so, <laughs> so there's certain foods that trigger inflammation, yeah. and then there's certain foods that lower inflammation like i think turmeric is an anti-inflammatory yeah so i mean the the ones that in you know the inflammatory triggers that i typically focus on with clients is their sugar dairy alcohol gluten Those what about are, like tomatoes so there so that's a whole nother you know they they talk a lot about nightshades and all that i don't really get unless there's a specific health issue where we're trying to you know do, doing the um anti-inflammatory protocol but I don't really view, to you know, it depends on the person, but I'm more thinking about the process. Right. Triggers. So we want to limit the foods that make us inflamed. Yes. And increase the foods that are anti-inflammatory. Right. And everybody, it, like you could, like you mentioned tomatoes, you know, mm. there's different ways to test how you're reacting to foods. You can get like different monitors or you can do certain food testing, but just a way to naturally do it if you don't have those abilities to get those testing or those expensive monitors that you can wear would be to like we talked about building your plate with proteins good right. sources of fat shooting for organic when you can right so i want to talk about a little bit what you mentioned earlier about how your body was like screaming out to you right so like what are some of the signs that somebody can look for so they could say hey you know maybe i should put a pause on how i'm currently living and you know, what are some of those identifying factors um, fatigue, definitely fatigue, exhaustion, moodiness, um, how your skin is, your sleep, you know, if you're getting quality sleep or not, headaches, bloating. Okay. So how you're feeling in yeah. general and how you're feeling and how you're looking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? You just get, wake up and you just change your diet drastically and you just wake up with a bunch of acne. You're like, that shows you how impactful food is. Yeah. Right. It's people just think of it as like something to do when you're bored. But it really impacts so many different avenues in your life. Your brain, you're not sharp, your skin, yeah. your... I think a lot of people are walking around with that brain fog. And it's not until that you start adding the good things in and pulling some of that bad stuff out that you realize, oh, wow, I actually have so much more energy. Right, right. And also, like, the caffeine addiction. That's a whole other... Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about that. Yeah. Is it... I think it's... I, I don't drink coffee at all. 
But what do we think about people that drink coffee every morning and their body's dependent on like a cup of coffee? So coffee has so many great benefits, especially as we get older. There's so many studies showing that it's great for cognitive abilities. The problem is, is when we're so dependent on it and we're reaching for it rather than checking in and being like, did I have enough water today? Mm -hmm. Did I start my day with water and something that's not inflammatory? Or did I just pour caffeine on my empty stomach and you're just pouring inflammation? on It's acid. acid. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, you're talking about the coffee that doesn't have all the added sugars and the Oh, pumps. yeah. I mean, there's definitely choices. I mean, I have, most people that come to me are like, don't even touch my coffee routine. Like, I'm not giving that up. And so that's I, because their body's dependent on it, though. Right. That can't be good, though. Right. And so, again, like working in thirds of the day, looking at, okay, you can totally have your coffee, but did you maybe chug some water first? Right. Did you do like that full body flush and get some good hydration and after a night of being dehydrated? Um, did you start your, did you break your fast with something nourishing, like good proteins and fats and fruit vegetables rather than pouring, like I said, caffeine down there or like a sugary croissant breakfast, you know? So it's important to start your day with a bottle of water. Definitely. How much water should someone be drinking? So there's many different views on this. I typically tell my clients to aim for half their weight in ounces to a hundred ounces. That's a lot. So I drink three of these a day. So that's a hundred ounces. That's a lot of water. Yeah. But also, it's not just strict, strictly just water, though, right? Yeah, I mean, you can. I I look at it as just what, like, yeah. just getting three of those in yep. a day, three liters in a day. But yeah, you can definitely get water from other sources too. How do you feel about people that say, "Oh, I drink," like, because I hear it too, like iced tea, or or they count the coffee as water? What do you say to that person? I don't really agree you with just, that. You just, <laughs> the well just like cringe. <laughs> oh God, don't tell me that. No, yeah. just drink the water. So, like yeah. I know it's 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 a hard shift to make if you're not getting enough water. So that's why, and that's why I'm so specific about. Okay, let's just start with the morning. Can we? Right. I don't. Start I don't. Add, I drink one full liter in the morning before I get out of bed. But I don't expect my clients to do that. So yeah. if they're not drinking any water, we start small. We start with eight ounces, and then we build up to 16. And then they start to right. feel like, oh, wow, I actually didn't even need my coffee until right. 11 o'clock. Tonight. Why is it so important to drink water? Well, because most people are not getting enough water. And then that's a really quick way to boost your metabolism. Make me thirsty. <laughs> yeah, right. Sip some water. <laughs> to boost your metabolism, to increase your energy levels, to do that full body flush. Like our body just spent the night detoxing our food and our negative bullshit from the day before. Right. So it's really important to get that full body, full body flush. And it actually hydrates your skin as well. Yeah. So if you have dry skin, skin, if you drink water, it actually hydrates your skin from the inside out. Yeah. And, um, I think most people think they need a cup of coffee to go to the bathroom in the morning and you don't like right. if you actually got consistent with your, your morning fiber. water. Yeah. yeah but yeah. even just right. having water first, Doing that full body flush. That full body flush. <laughs> One of the easiest things our listeners could do is start drinking more water. And it's not, everyone's heard it before, but I guess breaking down your day to reflecting on how much water do you actually drink and when can I start fitting it in? If I start my daily routine with maybe instead of filling up my coffee, I'm going to have a cup of water first and then right. coffee. Yeah, that's the whole point. So if you can just get. If you can pick an amount that works for you, like some people are like, no, I'm going all out and I'm going to do the liter first thing. And some people are like, oh, I'm just going to start with my eight ounces. That's a win. If you're yeah. doing that before your coffee. Um, I think the two things that everybody could benefit from would be upping your water intake and just like trying to front load it right. in your day. Cause you'll mm-hmm. notice that it'll have that nice ripple effect on your cravings, how much caffeine you're intaking, and then breaking your fast with something that's more balanced. 
So if I go to the bathroom and it's clear, that's a good sign, or is that not a good sign? Uh, there's different, different... Because I feel like I've heard, like, if it's clear, that means I have no vitamins or something. Right. So, like, if you're drinking so much water and you're not actually absorbing the minerals, like, there's actually some really great electrolyte tabs that I, I like that aren't... There's different ones, but... Some people just drink Gatorade and that's loaded with sugar. Loaded but with sugar. There's Poison. some great tablets that you can add in and that actually, you know, might be more beneficial than just drinking so much water. What are these tablets? Electrolyte tablets? Yeah. So there's a couple of brands. Um, Element is one of them and there's no sugar in that. And Noon is another good option. Or you could really just even put some like Himalayan pink salt in your water. Himalayan. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, so, so if oh. you're going to the bathroom and your bathroom and you're and it's completely clear, that's not good? Like elaborate it's on not, that a little it's bit. Not that I, it's, I, I think it's not that it's, well, she's the expert, well, but yeah. I don't think it's bad. I think it's just your body. I can't really speak to that. I think it's, you know, it, there's different views on it. I think you want to get more towards the clear. Yeah. But it, yeah, if it's perfectly clear all the time, you're probably not absorbing minerals. So what is, like, you know those expensive waters, like the pH plus waters that have, like... Like the alkaline waters? Yeah, like the alkaline mm -hmm. waters. Is, those have electrolytes in them, and is that... Is those that, are... Those, is that better? I mean... Again, it it really depends. Everybody's so different and reacts to things differently. But alkalizing is important, especially first thing in the morning, because right. then you're kind of like priming the system. So if you do have your caffeine right after that water or lemon water, then it's not as detrimental. So how do you alkaline your water unless you want to? You could literally just do $10. lemon lemon water. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So kind of getting back into the stress a little bit. So how does how are high levels of stress leaning towards weight gain? So when we're super stressed out, our blood sugar levels tend to be out of balance, um, and that leads to weight gain. It leads to holding on to that extra weight. It also leads to increased cravings, and when you're stressed out, you tend to eat your comfort food and, and overeat or not eat at all, which I think that's a common misconception. If you don't eat, you're going to lose weight because that actually slows your metabolism down. How detrimental is it to skip a meal or to skip or, or to get off your routine? I think your body works best on a routine. It's more efficient on a routine. How detrimental is it to skip a meal or to not eat because I'm trying to lose weight? Yeah, I mean, I think that, it's, you know, if you have a health issue, that might be different. But for most people, aiming for three to four truly balanced meals that have enough protein and good fat and allowing there to be three to four hours between those meals so that you can get to that rest and digest in between and let your digestive tract do its thing. Um, if you don't do that, you are going to set yourself up for more cravings and that after dinner, opening, you know, circling the cabinets and reaching for stuff and like, why am I hungry? And then going to sleep right after. It's like your body's not even digesting now. Right. So how bad is it to eat right before you go to sleep? Totally depends on the person. I guess that's my common theme here. But yeah. I personally, for most people, think giving yourself a couple of hours, maybe, you know, two to three hours before bed, stop eating. I personally think when I eat right before I go to sleep, I have a terrible night's sleep. And yeah. that's that's personally why I try to eat like three hours before I go to sleep. Yeah. Because I just have weird dreams. Like my body's like all the digestion that's happening. I don't know what's going on in my head, but I get the craziest dreams. I can't sleep. Yeah. Unless I eat like three hours before. I agree with that. And also, if you didn't eat anything and you're just like starving oh, and you're yeah. also not going to have a good yes, night's sleep, yeah. so if you need to go have a snack, go have a snack. But yeah, ideally, eating your dinner three hours before bed and then calling it like kitchen's closed after that. So how important is like a great night's sleep? A good night's sleep every day? So important. We definitely need that time to recharge our minds and our bodies. Um, proper sleep affects our immune system, our digestive system. 
how just how we're functioning day to day. I don't even think people realize how, like you mentioned before, Pete, how we're just kind of like robots, you know, right, functioning right. on autopilot. So I think if you start to tune in a little bit, bit by bit, you'll start to notice more energy and clarity. So how do like what do you recommend to your to your clients like how to get better sleep? Like what are some things that they can do to improve that? So definitely taking a look at how much caffeine you're having mm -hmm. and ideally cutting that off by like two or three o'clock in the afternoon, looking at what you're doing right before bed. So if you're scrolling Instagram right before bed, that screen activity is not great for you. Maybe swap that out and actually reading like a hard book right. or a magazine, um, throwing in a meditation in your ears, doing some restorative movement. Also, um, making sure your room is as blacked out as possible. And cold, right? Cold, yeah, I mean, yeah, cold is better for sleep. I keep it freezing. Yeah, that's a constant <laughs> fight with me and Ron. Our, our definitions of freezing are different. Well, I'm sure he's, he's bigger. He holds on more weight. That's, yeah, meat heat. <laughs> meat heat. <laughs> that's a start. Yeah, so just being mindful about what you're doing before bed and then the quality of sleep that you're getting, too. Like, did you just have so much alcohol that's going right. to affect your sleep um and then what you're doing first thing when you wake up it's a and have a plan right yeah if you have a plan in the morning now i can shut down and i'm not thinking about it anymore because i have a plan and i'm good to go yeah so my challenge to everybody is when you wake up don't reach for your phone reach for your water right and chug that water that'll be my my challenge for so first listening. i have so plan the night before you have to have your water yes. next to your bed that has to become like part yeah. of the process okay right and no I hate that blue light right before you go to sleep yeah. in your eyes. There's no way you're getting a good night's sleep with all that blue light in your face. No, and if you're, and I'm like, let's be realistic, most people aren't going to listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there's settings on your phone. Night can, shift. Yes, exactly. Night shift. Exactly. I love night shift. Or those shift. blue light yeah. glasses. Yeah. Little hacks that you can do. And what do you think about, like, I feel like when I exercise during the day, I get a way better night's sleep. If, like, some days I'm just sitting at my computer all day working and yeah. then I can't go to sleep that night because I feel like I've used no calories all yeah. day. Definitely get some movement in, get some exposure to the sun, even, you know, just being outside five, ten minutes right. can help. Lots of, lots of moving parts yeah, there. Yeah. So how many hours is, I, mm. I know it's different for every person, I know that's the theme, mm. but maybe like a, a generic male or female, do they need the same amount of hours? What's the recommended hours of sleep for like someone in their mid-20s, 30s, 40s? I would think that adults need at least seven hours of sleep. How many hours of sleep are you guys getting? I get plenty. I don't have any kids. He has two <laughs> screaming children. He probably gets four. I get about like nine a night. I'm getting, on average, I'd say about five hours, which is definitely way too short. Yeah. And I know it's it's tough with kids. It's always a phase, but yeah. You so what can earlier. what can yeah. he do to I guess plan right? No, there's no there's no planning. Kid waking up, <laughs> that's not a plan. Well, you can plan the to go to sleep earlier. You know he's gonna wake up. No, but you can plan to try to go to sleep earlier, maybe. Yeah, or yeah. if he wakes up, don't reach for your phone. Like you know, if you want to fall back asleep, right. do like there's this four, seven, eight breathing. So breathing oh, yes. in through your nose for four counts, holding it for seven, and exhaling for eight. That's proven that if you do that over and over again, it will help you get back to sleep. So, you know, if you are going to have these obstacles with your sleep, just setting yourself up for what to do when you're trying to go back to sleep. So, I heard that. So I heard that like a year or two ago and I just do it like every night and I forgot the number. So I'm just holding my breath as long as possible. And my girlfriend's like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's my breathing exercise. It helps me go to sleep. <laughs> I'm just sitting there with my face is like turning red. And I have no idea how long to hold my breath. <laughs> I mean, yeah, any any form of just like... So wait, what was the numbers though? Four, so seven, eight? In through four. In through your nose for four. Hold for seven. And exhale out of your mouth for eight. 
And then like you get to like four seconds and you're like, oh, I got no more air. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, God. It's awesome. No, but that does slow your heart rate down. It gets, it, it always gets me calmer. And my Allison says I hit the pillow when I go to sleep. Yeah. And you don't, you know, I, I think if you do any form of that, like there's the five, five, five box breathing, there's just taking three deep breaths. Right. You know, I, I think most people are not even breathing properly. So let's go into breathing a little bit. So how, how should people be breathing like, like throughout the day? Like I, I actually, Michelle, my receptionist, she's sometimes looking at me and she's like, Pete, why are you breathing so heavy? Like, I don't know. Because I just chugged <laughs> well, four pizzas back there. <laughs> <laughs> Most people are just walking around taking shallow breaths. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, you know, if we're going to add another challenge to our morning, so taking three deep belly breaths. So breathing in through your nose and on that inhale, you should feel your stomach expand. And then when you exhale, you should feel your stomach contract back in. And in your nose and your mouth, right? Yeah, I mean, you can do. There's different variations, but that's the proper way to breathe. I think most people are doing the opposite with their with their belly rising and falling and also just taking sh shallow breaths. Right. I feel like it's just so second nature. Nobody thinks I about know. it. Like, I don't think about my breathing. Like, maybe when I lay down in bed, I, like, try to consciously do that. But yeah. throughout the day, I'm not thinking about breathing. Yeah. So it's tough to just try to be mindfulness of my breathing. Yeah, I mean, you might literally, for anybody listening, like, I have reminders in my phone. I have yeah. little water drops to remind me to drink water. So just whatever you have to do to hold yourself accountable or having notes around. Um, maybe it's having, like, I, I have three alerts on my phone, like, morning meditation, midday mindfulness, and then, like, my nighttime routine. So then even if I don't get all of them in, I probably right. got one of them in. And now is it sort of second? I don't know how long you've been doing that for, but is it sort of second nature to you now? It's like I look at the clock and it's 12 o'clock. Oh, my, my alarm's going to go off. I Let me be my, I'm already mindfulness of. Yeah, definitely. And even if, you know, whether it's reaching for another cup of coffee, if you could just pause before and be like, did I get some movement in today? Did I drink enough water? Did I earn it? Yeah. So it sounds like else. it sounds like it's more about introducing more of the healthier things as opposed to eliminating the bad things that you're doing, even yeah. not just food. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, for for my process, that seems to be the most effective. Like having a totally restrictive approach, um, and trying to like overhaul somebody's whole day and just like send them off with that and and hope they do it isn't going to work in my opinion, and it's not going to be sustainable. So I think if you can have these micro steps to better health, it'll be more long term. Right. Got to shift the lifestyle to no poison. That's the solution. <laughs> Slowly. <laughs> Slowly. Slowly shift to no poison. Unless you can go all out, then I give you credit. That's it. <laughs> well, we're going 21 days. I'm not going to have dairy. Pete, what are you going to cut out? Everything. You're not going to cut out sugar and dairy and I gluten. Am. I'm going to do it. Why can't I do it? Just make you sure you have three set. slices of pizza literally an hour ago. I'm going to plan my day. Yeah, okay. you just have to make sure you have enough other good stuff so you don't find yourself like hangry and doing yourself a disservice. Well, we're not doing it, like, alone. Noelle's going to guide <laughs> us through this. Like, yeah, yeah. We're literally going to have my hand held the whole time. <laughs> All right, let's so, do it. So what's the first thing he needs to do? Does He need, He needs to prepare snacks. I know I can do it. I can cut out dairy. That's not a problem. I yeah, just, I'm worried to, about this guy. I think the hardest things for, like, especially for, like, families is you're going to be sitting at a table where your wife or children might be having things that look right. really good or it's the summer and you guys might be going for ice cream. So you need to... Set yourself up for success and have some healthy swaps. And you go out to eat and there's a low, like there's like the beautiful bread on the table with like. Okay. So my biggest hack for butter. that mm -hmm. is before you go out, if you're worried about like eating all the bread and all the apps and being tempted is to have like a little protein shake, like a road, a road soda. My sister needs to listen to this. Oh, Alexa, listen to this. Yeah. Have protein, put some protein powder with water or almond milk and have that so that you're 
a little bit more stable and in right. control when you get to that dinner table. When you sit down at the table and they drop the bread on the table, you're not just you like, can actually be like oh, vulturing. I'm just going to, you know, be more intentional with this choice and I don't, I'm not so starving. Right. That's another mistake I see people make is if, oh, I'm going out to this big dinner, so I'm not going to eat all day so I can really enjoy it. And that's yeah. setting yourself up for a disaster in my right. opinion and overeating and bloat and all the things. So you have a protein road soda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Orgain, best. Organic protein? Yeah. I mean, I love that brand. I love that brand. It's great. Before we wrap up, is there any like one last advice? You gave us so much advice today. We learned, I learned so much. We promised you we were going to learn today and we definitely learned something today. <laughs> is there any last advice you would give our listeners? Um, I think just identifying your why. That's like the most important thing that I think will carry you through making these different changes and decisions um, as you as then, you navigate through your health journey. And when times get tough, just think about that why. Yeah. Like for me, it's now I'm a mom. I want to be around for a long right. time. I've got a family history and I've got to be intentional with my choices. And you want to decrease those probabilities. Yes. So when, real fast, so when your clients do have those hard times, they reach out to you and you kind of will maybe do that hand-holding situation there? Yeah. So typically, um, my clients and I meet weekly via in-person or Zoom or on a phone call, um, sometimes are walking while they're talking to me, getting their movement in, and then they pretty much have access to me in between sessions via email, um, sometimes checks, but I'm trying not to do that, <laughs> um, so that, you know, if, if there's a need for, like, jumping on and just seeing what else needs to, you know, sometimes my approach might not necessarily work or whatever we come up with together, and we have to tweak something midway. Because awesome. every person's different. Yes. You got <laughs> it's, it. It's individual. <laughs> All right, so, Noel, thank you so much for coming on to our show today. We had a Great time. Now, I believe you have an offer for any of our listeners. You want to talk about that real quick before we yes, go? Yes. So for all of your listeners, they can have 10% off any of my programs. 10%. Just mention that you heard it on the No Poison podcast. Just text her No Poison. No, no texting. It's <laughs> I mean, DM, DM her on Instagram at Noel. Noel Marie Health. And I have a Facebook under Noel Marie Health. And um, my website is noelmariehealth.com. And look out for her on the Mom's Playbook. Follow that on Instagram at the Mom's Playbook. Yes. Everybody can benefit. You don't have to be a mom. Lots right. Good stuff and that's once a week, Wednesdays, right? Yes. Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope everybody learned something today. Hit the subscribe button below and follow us on Instagram at No Poison Podcast. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Peace.